Sign up for the Ultimate Clemson Sports Newsletter, The Tiger Take, written by Post and Courier reporter John Blau. You'll receive exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Keep up to date with position battles, behind-the-scenes updates on practices, press conferences, and games. Stay in the know on all things Tigers, plus subscribers get access to all Clemson and Carolina sports stories on the Post and Courier's website. Start your two-week free trial today at postandcourier.com forward slash the Tiger Take. Hey guys, this is John Blau with the Post and Courier. Uh, we're here for our weekly countdown to kickoff feature. Um, this is one of several things we do that's just not in the newspaper. Uh, along with that, we have a newsletter called The Tiger Take, where on a more daily basis, um, we kind of give you some analysis and um, anecdotes behind the scenes about covering Clemson and their season. Um, this is the well, first of all, I got to tell you where to uh, subscribe to the newsletter. It's at postandcourier.com forward slash the tiger take if you want to have that. And if you're here now, you're here to listen to me talk to Tim Bray, um, who's been on weekly. Tim, I think you're on mute. So you got to take yourself off there. Then I can ask you some questions. There you are. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm doing fine. <laughs> Technology things we always do. I know. Still learning. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're here with Tim, to uh, the longtime former uh, football sports information director for Clemson, to talk about uh, this week's coming game. Also, talk a little bit about the game we just watched. Um, the first question I have you for you, Tim, is uh, that I asked about the offensive line and the press conference about you know practice and if it's any different because they've had so many bodies they've lost. And then Dabo told me, well, it's actually running back where we have an issue are losing guys. Um, and I asked, who are those guys that you're kind of pre prepping to be emergency running backs? And he says that uh, you need G5 top secret clearance to know that. Do you have top secret G5 clearance? Do you know who these guys are? Would you have to kill me if you told me? Uh, I do not know because I haven't been there. I'm going to practice today and tomorrow, which isn't helping you for this podcast at <laughs> all. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, who that would be. Obviously, we've got a lot of guys who are good running backs in high school. Obviously, defensive backs, uh, you know, would, uh, you know, would come to mind, but I don't have that, uh, that information. So I don't uh, know. Uh, the fact, though, that he said that would, um, you know, that implies that Mafa might not uh, play because if, um, you know, if we got all three of the guys back, then I, you know, I don't know why it would be any different than any other week. So I don't know. So we'll, uh, we'll have to, uh, have to say, see, but, uh, Shipley sure played well, uh, over the weekend, got a lot of touches. Um, and you do have to wonder if we are down a little bit that if uh, Shipley's if they're going to have him touch the ball that much in particular on returns, you know, he's, done very well in the kickoff returns you just wonder if you might have somebody else do that because of the risk of injury on returns is probably the greatest of any part of the game yeah I mean Shipley's been an absolute workhorse um he just came back from an injury it was a it was a tibia very top of his you know around the knee area type of deal and he's he's been working his way back to 100 percent. but the issue that again I brought up to Dabo was the lack of bodies and he was talking about running backs uh, Shipley had to take most of the carries in practice that week. I mean, it was Kobe Pace was out. Obviously, they've lost Lynn J. Dixon and Mikey Dukes to the transfer portal. And um, so it was basically Shipley and Phil Moffa were the only guys even having uh, reps in practice. So it's really, really crucial um, that Kobe Pace 
uh, is back this week uh, from COVID himself. And so they have two guys, uh, whether they have three is the question. Um, but he, yeah, Will Shipley uh, definitely uh, working through some things and doing really well with it too. I don't know if I could be less than hundred percent and make some of the moves he made Tim, but I guess that's why he's a five-star running back. Yeah. I'm, I'm real impressed with how hard he runs in between um, the tackles and um, his football acumen. You see a lot of, of freshmen try to bounce the bounce it outside. And quite frankly, Moffa's, you know, done that a few times where he's lost uh, a yardage, but Chipley is really a tough uh, uh, straight ahead runner. That aspect of his game reminds me of Terry Allen. That's the way Terry Allen ran from the get-go uh, when he was a freshman in 87. And then, you know, he was here for three years, had a had a terrific career, ended up with 2,778 uh, yards, which could have been a lot more because he got hurt his junior year before he turned pro. He would have easily been a 3,000-yard rusher, but uh, that's a guy that he reminds me of. Yeah, he has that special ability to find the cutback lane and just put a foot in the ground and just hit it and get upfield uh, in a way that sometimes it takes some younger running backs a second to kind of either see it or then kind of, you know, adjust and, and make the cut. He just makes it all in like a split second, just bam, he's, he's in the hole. Um, and that is, uh, again, the, the Florida State game. That was one of the huge uh, positives was, again, that the run game has improved. Um, obviously some other issues they're going to have to clean up. There was a third quarter there that was a little messy and then lost the lead in the fourth quarter. They had to have that drive where Shipley kind of runs it down the field. Well, he had a couple of uh, penalties and then uh, Shipley helps out a lot with that 21 yard touchdown run. Uh, but going into Louisville, I guess, uh, do we feel better about where the offense is? I mean, again, there was, there was the great first half compared comparatively to the other, uh, the rest of the season. Third quarter was a little messy fourth quarter they had a response drive do we feel better about the offense going into a game at louisville well overall i, I do simply because you know maybe we wouldn't have that uh, attitude if potter who had missed only one kick all year had made a 30 yarder and a 37 yard you know field goal if you had those two field goals into uh, the scoring production probably would have felt uh, a lot better about where the offense uh, uh you know was now, and, you know, now, and you can't take it away, but Uyungle's, you know, fumble that led to a touchdown, um, you know, that obviously was a key mistake, but you, uh, you know, hope that's not going to happen often. Although, you know, they got, let's see, he started 10 games now. And in, the, in those five of those 10 starts, the other team has scored a defensive touchdown, not all his fault, but it has been odd that there've been that many defensive uh, touchdowns uh, and made it frustrating, obviously, for the for the uh, defense. You know, you look back and in and, and the national media looks at that Pittsburgh game as well. They gave up 27 points and and, uh, you know, they had over 300 yards passing, but they still only scored two touchdowns against our defense, which I guess uh, everybody I guess that's the max this year is, is, is two touchdowns, which is pretty amazing and reason that Clemson is third in the nation and in uh in scoring defense uh still as we head into this week yeah i mean that a lot of those yards came on a final drive couldn't get the ball back with under eight minutes left seven of the points come from a, a shovel pass interception touchdown uh, the defense has been the one consistent just um championship level unit 
uh, on this group. And, and that was expected just because of the experience they brought back. I mean, the defensive line, they've been able to lose Brian Brzee and other guys and be able to keep it consistent there. Uh, you have Bale Inspector and James, James Skalski. At linebacker, you have Nolan Turner safety. They, they've played consistent. I, I think it's what uh, the points per game is probably about 15-something for Clemson. Do you have that, Tim? And it's only if you take away the touchdowns that the offense has scored for the other team, it's about 12.4 points per game, which would be right up there uh, with Georgia right now. Yeah, overall it's 15.3, and that includes the defensive scores, which is third in the nation. I think it's 12.4 uh, just against the uh, defense. Uh, Georgia's in, uh, in the six- or seven-point category, which is unbelievable. Uh, you know, they've been been uh, terrific. So, you know, that's been important, uh, you know, part of things. Clemson is in uh, in uh, total defense. Clemson's 20 there. It is kind of a wide variance now. 25th in total defense, but third in scoring defense. And, I, you know, I hate to say it. The reason is that is because the offense has not been able to, you know, keep the ball a lot. And the other opponent, uh, the opposing offenses have had the ball. Uh, a lot as you know you're looking back at that nc state game when nc state ran 96 plays and clemson only ran 49 they still only scored 14 points in regulation but they did pile up uh you know a, a lot of yards and as you said pittsburgh did at the end of that game also it was just because you know clemson's defense understandably got uh you know worn down so it's just as much important for clemson to, to move the ball, even if they don't score, to get some first downs to give the defense, uh, you know, certainly some rest. Yeah, and that's certainly what they did in the Florida State game. Um, other than, again, missed field goals, some mistakes, a couple of fumbles in the third quarter. Um, but they, they continued to move the ball, which was extremely positive, considering the fact you just lost, lost Matt Bockhorst. The offensive line shuffled again. Um, how, how are they going to be able to do? And then, you know, Mason Trotter goes out. Um, and Will Putnam's dealing with an ankle and has to come back in. I mean, they've just dealt with so many things along that offensive line to continue the run game going uh, the way it is. I mean, that gives them a huge chance uh, to keep the offense going. They just have to be more. And this is the thing that Davo Sweeney was talking about being on the road. And, and obviously three out of their, all three of their losses have come on the road and they've won one game at Syracuse. Um, they haven't been opportunistic enough on the road. I mean, when you think about the, the blown chances that they've had, um, again, Pittsburgh's the one that's freshest on the mind that, that Will Shipley drop. Uh, again, he's had a good game, I guess, more recently. So it's, it doesn't feel as bad to bring up uh, the, the touchdown. Uh, that could have been like a 60 yard uh, touchdown to make it 14 and nothing. Can't come through with it. They're going to have to be more opportunistic at Louisville. They can't let those things keep happening if you're going to win on a game on the road, right, Tim? It's just harder to win on the road. No, you're, you're exactly. Uh... Right, it's that way for for most uh, most teams. And but you know, if you look at the three games Clemson's lost, with the uh, the defense has only given up four touchdowns in in those three games. Uh, so you're going to have some some close, uh, ostensibly low scoring games, and uh, and to take advantage of that, you got to take advantage of some of your opportunities, as you as you said. Yeah, but that said, you know, don't don't give the other team a touchdown by your, by your offense. Uh, as, as much as we say, we didn't take advantage of some opportunities on offense. We went the other direction and uh, you know, we gave Pittsburgh a touchdown. We gave Georgia um, a touchdown. So 
uh, you know, that was important reasons why those games were, uh, you know, were lost, but uh, we are facing a team this week that, um, you know, defensively, they're kind of middle of the road and rush defense overall for the season 46. But you know, what really worries me about this game is that NC state could only get 44 yards rushing against Louisville this week. Now, Virginia only got 35 on them, but Virginia threw for 487. That's just what Virginia does. So I don't think that's a, that's a big deal, but obviously Louisville has improved in their rush defense and that's kind of been the positive of Clemson's uh, offense, you know, this year, uh, I'll be honest with you. I was, I've been shocked at how good Clemson has been able to run the ball in light of all the injuries, as you just said, losing Bockhorst and the other injuries, all the shuffling, and all the offensive line coaches that I've talked with over the years, the importance of consistency and cohesiveness and working together is so important in making your running game go. And, you know, we just haven't had that. We've had just so many different starting lineups. Yeah, it's it's quite remarkable. Um, and, and when you talk about that, that uh, cohesion, I mean, it's one of the things listening to Tony Elliott and Dabo Sweeney talk about this Louisville defense is they're very complicated. I mean, they, they um, you know, they'll have to cover three, but it will be about 12 different variations of cover three within it. Um, they, they drop a lot of guys and play coverage, but recently they've been doing a lot of blitzing. They do a lot of movement. It's not a very big defensive front, but they're disruptive. Um, and it sounds like a defense that, you know, if you catch them in the wrong spot, blitzing, you know, you might find a gap here or there that they're going to give you. It's kind of boom or bust, uh, but it also tests the continuity of your offensive line. I mean, if you don't know how to pick up the slant, the twist, uh, who's got who, um, it could be kind of a dangerous uh, mix. So it, it will be a really interesting uh, test there. And it, it seems like uh, Louisville's offense is, is similar too in terms of boom or bust. They have two plays of 90 plus yards. Uh, I think they're, and Dabo Sweeney was saying, I think it's 70 or 80. Uh, 70, 80, 90, I think they lead the nation in all those in terms of, of big plays. Um, so they're going to have to be able to shut those down. So it's kind of similar to last week, I feel like. Florida State was a big play offense. They had to shut down the big play. It seems like, can Clemson get big plays in this game against Louisville, and can they stop Louisville from getting them themselves? Yeah, you're 100% right. A couple of points on what you just said. Uh, Cunningham has nine pass plays in his career of 70 yards or more, which is the most in Louisville history. And, you know, they had a quarterback who was pretty good, who's good in the NFL now, named Lamar Jackson. So obviously that was something that he did not uh, do. They had five plays of at least 30 yards last week against uh, NC State, and they were by five, either receiving or rushing, and they were by five different players. So obviously they're uh, multifaceted when it comes to those big plays. And getting back to what you said about their defense and their and their blitzing, that might be the most improved area of their football team. Now, we didn't play last year because of the weird COVID schedule, but Louisville was 98th in the country in sacks uh, last year by their defense. They're 27th in the country in that area uh, this year. And you're right, they've gotten a lot of them recently. So, uh, yeah, there's going to have to be a lot of uh, meeting skull sessions looking at uh, – uh, film for the uh, young Clemson offensive line uh, this week. Yeah. And then again, going back to that Louisville offense, uh, you brought up Lamar Jackson. Uh, Dabo Sweeney said he that Malik Cunningham is Lamar-esque 
uh, and that he can do some of those things. Obviously, I think he did, you know, no, I'm not saying he's Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's a pretty high bar to, you know, to reach. Um, no, nobody's Lamar Jackson, not even in the NFL to a degree. So, um, but he is a guy I've seen highlights of him where he can just get you in space and make a move. And uh, just as good as a running back, you know, pick up yards, I guess the one positive there for Clemson's defense is they have done a better job the last couple of times out against running quarterbacks, like Garrett Schrader, Jordan Travis, now from Florida state. Um, they were able to slow both of them down. Um, Malik Cunningham probably takes that to another level in terms of the test there. Yeah, you're right, especially when it comes to the experience. But, yeah, Clemson is really, you know, that's a positive for Clemson as you look going into this game. Uh, they've they've had to deal with some mobile quarterbacks, especially recently. Uh, and uh, Schrader and, and uh, Travis uh, had multiple 100-yard rushing games, probably averaged between the two of them. Uh, they probably averaged 85 rushing yards a game, but they had, when you combine their stats, they had negative rushing yards against or maybe it was three rushing yards against Clemson those two quarterbacks and a lot of carries uh so that was good to see whether it's a spy technique or whatever ben, coach Venables is coming up with uh they've been successful against those uh those two teams and um now of course Syracuse the running back still had 157 yards but Florida State's other guys didn't really bother uh Clemson and they only had 68 rushing yards on uh, 34 attempts, so two yards a carry for a team that was leading the nation in yards per carry in the month of October at 6.9 coming into that game. So uh, the bottom line is you're right. It's going to be important to defend uh, Cunningham, but I do look for him to be a little bit more successful just because of his uh, experience. He's a player who's got uh, over 9,000 yards in terms of total offense in his career, so He's really been around the box Houston and Florida State quarterbacks have. Yeah, he, he's um, he's a better passer, too, potentially, than, than both of them. I mean, Dabo brought that up. He's got 19, 1,900 yards passing on the year. If you look at some of the guys he's targeted, uh, Tyler Harrell has 34 yards per catch, which is just a ridiculous number. It's uh, eight catches for 272 yards. He has a 92-yard uh, reception uh, Amari Huggins Bruce is 13 for 26 so a guy who has 20 uh, per catch as well um, so just guys that can make big explosive plays in the pass game um, I, I think the term they were using was caging the quarterback is what they've been doing better in terms of the run but also it's going to be on Mario Goodrich um, Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, those guys to not let those Louisville uh, receivers behind them uh, because at any moment uh, they can they can make a big play. And I, I guess that's where, again, it's encouraging. Mario Goodrich is one of those guys that Dabo mentioned um, that in the age of the transfer portal if had come earlier, maybe Mario wouldn't even be here. Uh, he's a guy who had to really sit, earn his time, uh, become the best player he could be. Um, he has, and he's kind of, I think he, he's even better than Andrew Booth Jr. in terms of yards per target. I don't know exactly what it is, but I've seen the stats uh, David Hale from ESPN has some of those, which are, which are pretty good. Um, he's actually better than Andrew Booth Jr. So, I mean, the development of Goodrich, um, Andrew Booth Jr., the, the way, he, the level he's played, that should make people feel a little better, I guess, about going into this game. But there are some weapons that they're going to have to worry about. Right. You know, you look at their Louis, the Louisville's receiving stats, John, they, 
they almost resemble something that you would see from uh, Navy or Army or those option teams. Uh, you know, not quite as, uh, but you know, those teams will hit you with a big play action pass. Um, you know, those two guys that you mentioned only have 21 catches in uh, in eight games this year. So they're not, between the two of them, they're not even getting three catches per game. So they they're not targeted that often, but they uh, when they do get the ball, they make the most of it. As you uh, said, they uh, do throw a lot more to their uh, their tight end. And they have another uh, receiver who's pretty good. And Watkins, who's come on soon. Uh, recently, he's averaged 15 yards um, a catch. He had a 76-yard touchdown catch against NC State, um, you know, in the early action. So, um, you know, they don't throw a lot, but they, uh, they have been effective. But as you said, I feel really good about <clears throat> the depth of the Clemson secondary, uh, you know, this year. I think maybe that's the reason why, uh, we've been pretty good in the in past defense in that regard too, uh, because we have fresh guys that can be around in the uh, late in the game, and it's something that's troubled Louisville a bit. You know, Louisville's given up; they've been outscored ninety to sixty-one in the fourth quarter uh, this year. So I don't know if it's because parts of their defense have uh, gotten run down, uh, but you know that that could be something to look for. Yeah. And uh, again, it comes back to containing the quarterback because I mean, when, when you're facing a guy like Cunningham and he gets out of the pocket, if the defensive line doesn't do their job, it makes the corners, the defensive backs nervous. They end up creeping up. That's when somebody gets behind you. Um, it, it's kind of a really a, a double-edged sword there with a guy who's got that kind of uh, playmaking ability. I, I, it just reminds me of at least when I was playing with video games as a child, I always want Mike Vick because, you know, you can just roll them out and all the defensive backs come up and then you throw it over the top. Did you guys play Mike Vick back in the day when he was in the ACC or did Clemson miss that show? No, we actually, uh, we played him uh, twice. So in 1999, when, which was, he, he only played two years there. So 1999 went up there, Tommy Bowden's, uh, first year and really had a strong competitive game with him. Randy Streeter, our current quarterback coach, was the was the quarterback and and uh, Coach Bowden played it smart. It was a real close game, uh, but then uh, Virginia Tech got a uh, I want to say it was a strip sack and a fumble return for a touchdown that kind of broke the game open. But uh, uh, Vic, you know, he was just getting started. That might have only been his second or third game. We got a couple of interceptions, so. Although he was, you know, effective and Virginia Tech won the game, we we stayed right with him. And then in the end of the 2000 season, we played him in the Gator Bowl. Uh, we were nine and three, and they, I think they only lost one game, but they still ended up in the uh, Gator Bowl. And that was a fascinating shootout between uh, Mike Vick and Woody Dantzler, who was kind of Mike Vick light. Uh, although don't tell Woody I said that. Woody was a pretty darn good quarterback. Uh, the next year when Woody was a senior, he became the first quarterback in the history of college football to throw for 2,000 and run for 1,000 in the same uh, same season. So even Vic didn't uh, do that the, uh, previously in his career. But I think that Gator Bowl game ended up 41-27 or 41-20, to uh, you know, something like that. So, uh, you know, Vic was pretty was – a, was a really good uh, player, and he was a nightmare for opposing defenses. Yeah. And they are just bringing up some of these fascinating games. Obviously, there's a that you're talking about Mike Vick back in the day, Lamar Jackson, obviously, when when Clemson played him. 
Uh, that was a, a thrilling uh, game. I guess, where does that one rank for you? Because Dabo made an interesting comment also the post game against Florida State that everybody was like, what do you mean? When he said it was one of his top five favorite wins ever. And we were like, really? <laughs> against Florida State. I guess, I guess, where did that Louisville game rank for you in terms of the ones that you remember? And, and uh, does Florida State sit up there for you, Tim? Or is that, are there others in your top five if you were to rank them? Uh, the, the, that little bit was 42-36, and I was still – Obviously, the SID, and so uh, there was a lot of interest in that game. I had, uh, I might average four hours a night uh, that week of that game because of all the media interest you had at the time. You know, when you look at when that game was, you know, Deshaun was kind of looked at as the as the top uh, Heisman candidate, and and Lamar Jackson had just had an unbelievable game in beating a third-ranked Florida State uh, team in the second. So it was really a matchup of two guys you knew were going to be in the hunt for the Heisman at the end of the season. And obviously they were, they finished one, two uh, in the Heisman. Deshaun, unfortunately, threw a few too many interceptions that, that year. Although I believe that if we had a vote at the end of the 2016 bowl games and, and college football championships, I bet Deshaun and a revote would have won the, the Heisman trophy, uh, you know, that, uh, that season. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was up there. Now, of course, 40 years for me, that's a lot of games. Um, now I, I kind of see where Dabo was coming from. Uh, you know, I don't think he looked at it. You know, it was, it was more from what they overcame. I think a lot of people, maybe even including Dabo with seven minutes to go after that fumble, you thought, Oh my God, what else could go, you know, wrong. We're going to blow this, uh, game two so and with the injuries we had in the offensive uh, uh line so uh he, he said that to me on the pregame on the excuse me in the post game interview before he went in and talked to the media so he had said that to me too um i didn't challenge him on it i mean that's his list that's his that's his feeling so i, I don't know where he was coming from as far as a meaningful game and an exciting uh game although you know we've had games historically that you didn't think they were that big that was kind of a, a game that uh you know let you go forward and have some success from it so so uh you know that will be, remain to be seen yeah you talk about all that went wrong in that fsu game and they eventually win i guess going to look back to louisville now what has to go right for clemson to win are there any players that you're looking for and saying that guy's got to play well, or I'm hoping that for a big performance there, or is there any just aspect of the game statistically that you think is going to be the most important? Well, based on what I saw in the most recent game between Louisville and NC state um, and, and the fact that I think Louisville's rushing defense is better. I do think uh, that we're going to have to hit some, uh, hit some passes maybe more so than we did against Florida state. Um, obviously the, Clemson's quarterback's got to play well, but I kind of I'm kind of waiting for a breakout game for uh, for Justin Ross, who had a great game at Louisville the last time we played them in 2019. So I kind of look for for him to have a really good game, um, and I kind of look for um, uh, on defense. Uh, Specter and Skalski got to have uh, good games. They're going to have to be disciplined like they've been. Uh, you know, and, and the defensive line in general can't overrush <clears throat> Cunningham to let him get outside the pocket 
and pick up some uh, some key plays, which is what we've done very well in the Syracuse and and Florida State wins. I think doing similar things there is gonna is gonna be uh, imp- important. So I think those guys are important, and and I think it's gonna be a close game. I think Potter's gonna have to make his field goals when he gets those opportunities, which he's done every game but one. So hopefully he'll get back. Dabo said Monday he's he was right back on the beam on on practice. So uh, at practice, so hopefully that'll be the case. Man, I'm interested in just a guy, a guy who's emerged a little bit recently, uh, Barrett Carter, the true freshman. I mean, that's a guy with four or five speed who can run with him, Malik Cunningham. Will he factor in the, you know, just watching him and helping cage him? And, and Trenton Simpson, his, uh, his, uh, his buddy at the strong side, nickel linebacker position, he had a huge game against Florida State. With, uh, how many sacks was it? I don't have it in front of me. I figure it was two and a half or it was – uh, it was a lot. It was multiple. Well, they, they changed things around on the stats after the game, uh, you know, not to get off on this subject, you know, they took away a sack from Xavier Thomas because they have this stupid rule in college where if you sack the quarterback be- behind the line of scrimmage and he knocks the ball forward and actually if, the, if it gets back to the line of scrimmage, it's not a sack, oh, which, wow. of course, in the NFL, they credit a sack and then you have loose ball yardage, which is the way it should be scored. I mean, he sacked the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage, but there's a lot of scoring rules in the NCAA that I disagree with, but uh, that's for another time. Yeah, all kinds of things you guys never knew went into this, the sausage here in terms of yeah. the stats and, and everything else. But, but uh, to answer your question, Simpson had a really good game. He did have a really good game. That's the point. So we'll see how he rushes the passer, how the defense blind does. Justin Ross, like you said, uh, took a step forward. Maybe he'll take another step. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds at Louisville. Um, so, yeah, again, thanks, guys, for listening. This is the, the countdown to kickoff feature. Again, we also have a newsletter that you guys can partake in other than just the articles in the newspaper. You can kind of see some extra analysis and, and uh, you know, anecdotes and jokes that I make that you can get there. Uh, the Tiger Take, uh, postingcourier.com forward slash the Tiger Take. And, again, thanks to Tim Beret for coming by and uh, speaking with us about the upcoming game. I will see you around, Tim, and see you guys. Good to be with you, John.